First off, a very special thank you to the Kamieni family for sponsoring the shir this evening in honor of Aaron Mordechai's Bar Mitzvah coming up this Shabbos. It's going to be difficult not being able to really celebrate it together in the normal way, not having a, a minion, not having a Kriya Satora, not having the community come together as we usually do. But psychologically and emotionally, we will all be participating in the Bar Mitzvah. And in Mitzvah Shem, when this passes, we look forward to celebrating together and throwing candy and dancing and doing all the normal things that a Bar Mitzvah Bacha deserves to have. So a very special thank you to the Kamiani family. Usually when I thank Torah anytime, my line is, thank you for sharing this particular shir and many others with those of you who are not able to make it this evening. And in this particular case, that's pretty much everybody. It's extremely surreal to be standing in the base Medrash. Baruch Hashem, on Wednesday nights we have many of you from the community who are here. We have sushi that's being served. And here I am speaking to you and having to use the machshava, having to use the mind game of you sitting in front of me. So although we're not here together, we are learning together at Amrit Hashem, this learning and all of the shirim that are happening really around the world and the tefillos of Kalal Yisrael should be a schus in this very difficult time. <clears throat> the parsha starts off, we have Vayakel Pekudeh, Vayakel Moshe es kol adas b'nei Yisrael, that Moshe gathers the entire kahila, the entire congregation of Kalal Yisrael. And this is quite a significant thing to say. Only time we did this before was really during Matan Torah. V'yichan Sham Yisrael, the entire Jewish people, were stationed right there under Har Sinai, about to receive the Torah, the most monumentous point really in all of human history. And now V'yakel Moshe as kol adas Yisrael, after the Chet Egel, after the sin of the golden calf, Again, we have the entirety of the Jewish people coming together. For what purpose? Now they're going to build the Mishkan. Now Moshe is sharing the instructions how to create the Mishkan. Why do we need all of Klal Yisrael there together? There's a beautiful piece from Yaakov Kamenetsky in the Sefer Emes Yaakov where he quotes the Yerushalmi. Yerushalmi says something that most of us don't know. You think of the sin of the golden calf. How many golden calves were there? There was one, and Klal Yisrael was dancing around it. However, the Yerushalmi tells us, Ki shevet v'sheva shevet haya egel mishalo. Every shevet, every tribe had their own golden calf, their own egel hazov. For what purpose? It's quite simple. When you have two Jews, you have three opinions, and you usually have four or five shuls, because we do it a little bit differently. We prefer this kind of kiddush, they prefer that kind of kiddush. Uh, we daven Friday night like this, they daven Friday night like that. So we have to have many different options. They couldn't all agree on the same avodazara, on the same egel azav, and therefore every shevet had to make its own golden calf. So explains with Yaakov Kamenetsky, now Moshe Rabbeinu coming down and, and, and trying to, to recalibrate, getting Klal Yisrael back on track, 
Techilas avodoso lesakenes oso perud. The first thing Moshe Rabbeinu knew that he needed to do was to fix, to rectify the perud, the separation that was created during the Egel Hazav. So it wasn't just the sin of either worshipping or using this, this Egel Hazav as a messenger between Kal Yisrael and Hashem. There was something so much more basic, so much more devastating that Moshe had to be misakein. And that was the Peirud. That was the separation. That was the, the isolation of every Sheva to itself, not being willing or not being able to work together. They all had to have their own Egel Azov. And that's why Moshe comes. He gathers, Vayako Moshe as Koladas B'nai Yisrael, La'achet Osom Lematora Achas, to gather, to unite Kalal Yisrael for one mission, for one goal that we're going to pursue together. We find ourselves in this surreal time living in a reality of Peirut. We're living in separation, we're living in isolation, we're living in loneliness. This was the great claim that Haman had against the Jewish people. There's a nation. But the, the, the problem with Klal Yisrael, said Haman, was Mefuzar Mefurad, that they're separated. They're not working together. They each have to have their own Egel Hazav. They can't even agree on the same Mavodazara, so to speak. And we find ourselves living a life of Mefuzar Mefurad. Isolation, loneliness, seclusion, quarantine, whatever the words are that are being used. Vayakel Moshe, we desperately daven for that gathering of the Kehillah again. We missed that sense of Kehillah, we missed that sense of community. The closing of the shuls and the closing of the yeshivas, even more devastating, is unprecedented and it's something that's so incredibly hard to, to wrap our minds around. Everyone's talking and WhatsApping each other, What's the message HaKadosh Baruch Hu is trying to send? What are we supposed to be learning from this experience? What are we supposed to be deriving from this machla, from this plague that's catching like wildfire across the globe? What are, we, what are we trying to get from this? What's Hashem's intent? What's Hashem's message? The scary thing is the Mishnah tells us, Al shlosha devarim olam omed, the world is sustained through three things. Torah, avoda, which means tefillah, our prayer, our davening, and chesed. These are the three things that maintain and ensure the continuity of our existence. And every single one of these pillars is really being compromised with this modern day machla. The Torah is not the same Torah when the yeshivas are closing. We don't have that same force, that same energy, that same pilpul chaverim, hundreds and thousands of young men working together in the learning that's gone for now. We don't have the same tefillah. We don't have the kalach tzibur, the power of what it means to daven together with a minion. Barovam hadras melech. We're missing that force. We're missing that nuclear koach of tefillah b'tzibur. And even the chesed, 
Although it's an amazing thing to see how many, how many people are looking out for each other, are making sure that the other person, the other family has what they need, calling people, making sure those who are living alone don't feel totally cut off and isolated. But we're so crippled even in the chesed that we're able to do. I was speaking to a good friend of mine yesterday. Rahman al-Tzlan, his mother is infected with, with this virus and it's very serious. And we continue to daven for Rafua Shalema and Amrit Hashem, we should see Rafua Shalema Bakarov. But he was telling me that his father, not only was he not allowed to go into the room, he couldn't even be in the hospital. You can't be there to be mevaker chola, to be a source of encouragement, to be a source of support, to, to show your love for your wife. So this virus is really chipping away at the integrity of the whole structure of the universe. Torah, avoda gemilus chasadim. It's a very scary time to live. It's a time of anxiety. People are afraid. People are panicking. Obviously, we know that panic is not the solution. The call of the hour here is bitachon. The call of the hour is to strengthen ourselves with the clarity. And now more than ever, we can see the Yad Hashem. It's Eino Milvado. Everything is a Kadosh Baruch Hu. What's the message that Kadosh Baruch Hu is trying to send? This is obviously something that we're not equipped to answer. What is the period? What is the point of this isolation, of the seclusion, of the loneliness? Something beyond us. We don't have Nevoa, we don't have prophecy. And it's not a time to conjecture, it's not a time for rabbinic creativity. It's a time to see what the Gedoli Yisrael are really teaching us and what we can derive from this situation and how we can grow as individuals, as families, as a community, and ultimately as Klal Yisrael. I heard a beautiful uh, shmooze today from Rabbi David Harris, the Rosh Hashiv and Chafetz Chaim, where he did point out that it's undeniable looking at this fact that both shuls and yeshivas are closed. In the majority of the world, they're closed down. We can't use them. We can't daven with a minion. We can't learn with a chavrusa in a yeshiva setting. It's hard to ignore the mida kenegin mida that we see in that very unfortunate reality. I was reminded of the Hakdama, the introduction to the Torah of Ram. The Torah of Ram was the great mashkiach in Slobodka, and he lived during World War II and he perished during the war. In the introduction, though, that was written by his son, it speaks about the Torah of Ram's response when the Russians came into Lithuania and they took over the yeshiva and they transformed the entire yeshiva building in Slobodka to a place of entertainment, to a place of amusement. And said the Torah of Ram, clearly there's a mida keneged mida, there's something Hashem is sharing with us. That Minashamayim Giluki Yeshiva Haisam Makom Nofesh. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is telling us that the Yeshiva was a place of, of hanging out, of chilling. Achlu Vishaso. People would eat there, they would sleep there. Nochu Boli Yeshiva Lishtashea Kitsas Bepilpul Talmidim. That we would come to the Yeshiva, we would get a Gishmak, we would enjoy the back and forth. 
But it sounds like he was saying the message from HaKadosh Baruch Hu was even the learning that was taking place in the yeshiva was more intellectual, it was more by choice, without a sense of urgency, without a sense of commitment, without the passion and the fire that was needed. Talmud Cheshavnu said the Torah of Ram, we always thought as we were learning, Ki me'oni, that here we are living in Europe in dire straits, but we're fulfilling the Torah even though we have poverty. But now we see to the contrary. Really we were neglecting Torah me'osher when we had everything. We had more than we needed. That, said the Torah of Ram, he thought was one of the, the layers, one of the messages of the Russians taking over the yeshiva in Slobodka, and it could very well be, said Reb David Harris, that's something we have to think about deeply as well. It's not a coincidence that a Kaddish Baruch Hu is saying, please leave the shul right now. Please leave the yeshiva right now. Maybe part of that message is what we're doing in the shul, what we're doing in the yeshiva, is not living up to our capacity, it's not living up to our potential. Maybe the tefillah is not as real as it could be. Maybe the words are not as meaningful as they could be. Maybe the sense of reverence and awe and joy is not really palpable. Kaddosh Baruch Hu is sending us a message. Let's take a step back, go home, take a break, and rethink what can we be doing differently in the shul setting, in the yeshiva setting, to really bring up our Avodah Hashem to a whole nother level. These are desperate times, but they call for desperate measures. The Taurus of Ram, Rav Avram Gazinsky, he has a whole piece on Yisurim. He has many chapters here going through the, uh, the philosophy, the hashkafa, the theology behind why we suffer. Why do we suffer as individuals or communities or in this case, Klal Yisrael, and really the entire world. Taurus of Ram gives us a little bit of a background. He says, when we lived in the times of prophecy, it was fairly straightforward. We had a question, we had a dilemma, we're not clear on the, the path we're trying to take in life. We would go to the prophets, and their job was to reveal to the individual or the community Eschatov, our mistakes, who chesed she'en kamo, and says the Torahs of Ram, the prophecy that Hashem granted us was the greatest chesed in the world. Baruch Hashem, we have clarity. You're helping me discover something within myself that I probably would not have perceived. Thank you so much. And that could change destiny, that could change Kalal Yisro. Avodas Hanavim, the mission of the prophet, says the Torahs of Ram, was legalus matpune lev, was to reveal the, the inner workings of our heart and minds, showing us that although we think we might pursuing, we're, we're pursuing the truth, and we're davening, and we're going through all of the motions of what it means to be a frumayid, the Navi was there to show us, but, but there's so much lacking. There's so much more we could be doing. There's so much more lave and nefesh I could be infusing in my Avodah Hashem. For hundreds and hundreds of years, we lack nevuah, we don't have prophecy, and since the Torah of Ram, we don't have Ruach HaKodesh. So how in the world, living in a state of such confusion, moral confusion, even trying to ascertain the Das Torah, 
We don't have that clear authority guiding us, teaching us, showing us what we need to be doing. Says the Torah of Rome, how in the world do we discover our deficiencies? How in the world do we know what we need to be improving? So he says, that's where Yusurim come in. That's where this idea of having some level of suffering, challenges, struggles in life for the yachid, for the tzibur, for the individual, or globally, that's where the Yusurim come in. What does that mean? Yusurim, writes Ram Grzynski, are in place of Nevoah. The prophecy that we have nowadays, we no longer have to go to the prophet for him or her to tell us what life is go- it means and what I need to be doing, but rather, we ourselves become the prophet. I become the Navi through experiencing challenges in life. Somehow the Yusurim that we're going through will help us. And he says this is not necessarily only as an onesh, as a punishment to what we've done in the past, but rather horos derech al shelo It's Hashem's way of, of showing us the path in order to improve. Shluchim shel makom yisurim. The suffering that we experience are shluchim shel makom. They're angels from God. Lahoros lanu al to reveal to us, to help us discover our mistakes over in the past, and to show us the path in the future. But how do we decipher Yusurim? How do we look at the challenges we're facing and somehow be able to decode what is the message of the infinite Boreola? Says the Taurus of Ram, Ofen Chakira, the way we look and we understand the Yisurim is Lachkor Bamida Keneged Mida. We try to ascertain Mida Keneged Mida, Limso Avera Biyado. Why exactly is this happening? Why is this form of suffering taking place? Why is this particular challenge the one that's facing us right now? And says the Torah of Ram, with the proper clarity, with the expansive mind, with real Das Torah and training, we can look at the world around us, we can see the Yisurim that we're going through, and Lachkor Mida Keneged Mida, we can understand the message of Hashem and we become the prophets. He says, what a tremendous chesed. What an amazing gift that the Kaddish Baruch Hu guides us in this way. However, he does caution us, we have to feel it. We can't ignore it. We can't pretend it doesn't hurt. We can't be macho when it comes to going through Yisurim. Ki emes chesed, because ultimately this is truth. It's not chesed. Din v'lo rachamin. Yisurim are judgment, it's chesed, it's din, but it's not rachamim, it's not an expression of Hashem's compassion. These Yisurim that we're going through are not Yisurim shel ava. The Gemara in Bracha speaks about the idea that sometimes a person can be experiencing Yisurim shel ava, which means there's nothing that I need to change. There's nothing that I have to improve. Baruch Hashem, I'm doing wonderfully and I'm not lacking in any area of my Vodas Hashem. But the Kaddish Baruch Hu, in order to give us a kapara, in order to help us transcend and bring us to loftier levels of the Vekas, sometimes he'll send us Yisurim Shalava. But the Gemara says, the way we know 
that Yisurim are Yisurim Shalava is if it doesn't take away from Torah and it doesn't take away from Tefillah. If what we're going through now globally is shutting down shuls and shutting down yeshivas, the one thing we do know is that these are not Yisurim Shel Ava. Ultimately, everything comes from Hashem's love and His chesed for humanity and for Klal Yisrael, but these are not Yisurim Shel Ava. We're closing down shuls, we're closing down yeshivas. It's din, it's not chesed, it's emes, it's not rachamim. Concludes the Torah of Ram. What are we davening for? What should be on our mind? As we're all alone in our homes trying to daven with a sense of tzibor, with a feeling of unity, but that's only psychologically, it's not at all in reality. Says the Torah of Ram, we are not davening for the bittel of the Yisurim, which means we're not turning to Hashem and saying, just stop this. Stop the, the desert, stop the plague. Obviously, we want nothing more than to resume our normal way of life. We want nothing more than to protect all of those people who are vulnerable. But we don't daven for it to stop. We don't pray that Hashem should be mevatel, should nullify the Yisurim. We pray HaKadosh Baruch Hu should allow us to fulfill the Yisurim. In order to us to be able to listen to the prophecy that's coming from these Yisurim, and to arrive at real truth, at real wholesomeness. Of course, we want this crazy time to stop as soon as possible, but the tefillah is help us be Makayim, help us fulfill, help us hear the message of the Yisurim. Famous story with Rabbi Cheskel Levenstein. He was being driven in a taxi cab. The driver was Chaloni. He was a, a secular Jew. And they're having a conversation, schmoozing about different things. And the driver turns to Rabbi Cheskel and said, You should know I have an amazing Misa. I have an amazing story for you. And this changed my friend's life forever. So Rabbi was interested. What's the Misa? So the taxi driver said, we were all together, it was after IDF service, we were going through some kind of safari in the middle of Africa, it was so unbelievable. Out of nowhere, a boa constrictor comes, jumps off of a tree, and starts wrapping it itself around my friend. And at first, being macho Israeli soldiers, we were laughing at it. We could get it off. So the four of us who were around, we started yanking it and pulling it, and we realized after a couple of minutes we actually had no hope. This thing was so incredibly strong and forceful, and it was squeezing my friend to the point where his face was turning blue, and it got to that madrega we had no clue. How in the world is going to survive? Yaniv! We were yelling, Yaniv! We thought we had no aids, and therefore we said, although we were not religious, Say Kriyat Shema! Say Shema! And with almost his last breath, my good friend Yaniv said, Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. And as soon as he said that Pasuk of Shema, the snake let go and slithered away. It was Rabbi, an open miracle. After that, my friend Yaniv, he was Chazel B'Tshuva, and now he has many children and grandchildren. 
He's a from Yid, he's a religious man. Chatzko said, that is an amazing story. What did you do differently after that? The taxi driver said, what do you mean? Listen, you, you saw the open miracle. Did, did you change your life as well? Were you Choser B'Tshufo? And he said back with a smile, he's a rabbi. It wasn't me, it was my friend. Right? Taurus of Ram is telling us that when we have Yisurim personally or globally, we can't make the same move, we can't have the same reaction as the taxi driver. We have to really ask ourselves, what does this mean for us? What can we do? What should we do? What must we do? So although we, uh, we don't have the ability to look at things Mida Kineged Mida, there are letters going back from Rav Shach many decades ago telling us that we no longer have the capacity to decipher Yisurim. And the main thrust should always be generally looking into ourselves and asking each person to him or herself, what can I be doing better? What can I be mechazek? But once in a while we do have an insight from Gedola Yisrael. Last week, it was all over the news, someone, many people forwarded to me. There was a letter that was penned by Rav Chaim Kanievsky. And Rav Chaim just said a few words, the Dark of the Kodesh. I want to read these words together, and I just want to expand upon this idea and try to make this as personal and relevant to ourselves as possible. Rav Chaim writes, I'll call Echad, his advice for Klal Yisrael during this time, is to be careful with Lashon Hora and Rechilis speaking negatively about people or telling somebody what somebody else did or said that would make them feel bad. Like the Gemara in Erechin tells us in Dav Tesvav, the Gemara is explaining there why is the punishment of the Mitzorah of one who speaks Lashon Hora against someone else why do we tell him to go into isolation? Why do we quarantine him? Says the Gemara. There's a logic. It's a midah kenegin midah. Hu hivdil bein ish ishto bein ish This person, through his spreading of negativity, he was creating divisiveness between man and wife or between friends. So af hu yibadel. The proper justice should be, he should also be isolated. He should also be separated. And that's what the Torah says, Yeshiv, let him sit alone. He should be outside the camp. That's the rightful consequence to someone who interrupts relationships or who keeps machlokis going because of their spreading negativity. So said of Chaim Kanevsky, this is one thing we should be mechazik, we should strengthen ourselves in during this time. And then he added a second thing. To enhance the midah of another, the trait of humility, lahaver al midosav, and to be able as much as possible to be maver al midosav, which means to let things go. When somebody says something, when somebody does something, when somebody doesn't do something they should have done, when it's my child, when it's my spouse, when it's my brother, when it's my sister, when it's my father, to be able to just let it go. To have the inova, to have the humility, to be able to move aside the ego, to say, you know what, it's just not worth it. Maver al midosav means I'm able to say it's not worth the fight. It's interesting, Rechaim Kanievsky in his Sefer Orchos Yosher, 
he has an amazing line. He says, the majority of Machlokasin, most of the conflicts we find ourselves in, could be resolved if we had the courage, the strength, and the compassion to be mevater, just to let things go. He writes, It's always better to be able to give in than to be victorious. B'Shas Maisa, when you're having that debate, when you're going back and forth, you want nothing more than to prove your point. You want nothing more than for the other person to agree with you. It's going to feel good for the moment. But to really have the Simcha Sachayim, says Rav Chaim, there's nothing better in the world than being able to rise above that, to transcend that, to take the higher ground and be mavater. Obviously, we're never mavater when it comes to halacha. We don't give in, we don't compromise when it comes to Das Torah. But I'd venture to say the majority of the struggles that we have in interpersonal relationships, although sometimes we could convince ourselves it's a Das Torah or it's a Hashkafic discussion, you need to feel the same way I do politically, otherwise you're krum, otherwise you're off in your, in your Torah philosophy. But most of the time, it's personal. Most of the time, it's my ego that's getting in the way. So the two things that Rav Chaim Kanievsky shared with Klal Yisrael was to be mechazek, to be careful in our Lashon Hora, and to be extra careful in being able to move aside the ego, to be mevater, to be mavarel midosov. What do these two things have in common? What is the connection between being mavarel midosov, pushing aside my ego, and not speaking negatively about others. And the Chafetz Chaim and the Shmira Salashin tells us that the truth is they're really one and the same. If you were to ask any religious Jew, do you keep kosher? Yes. Do you keep Shabbos? Yes. Sometimes I pick my thumb, but I try my hardest to keep Shabbos. Taras HaMishpacha, Yantif, the basic externalities of Judaism, if we categorize ourselves as religious Jews, so Baruch Hashem, we're pretty good. So why is it that I have such a hard time when it comes to Lush and Hora? And I'm not belittling this at all, but sometimes, you know, we'll, we'll get together and we're going to have a Kabbalah from 3 to 4 p.m. every day. We're not going to speak Lush and Hora. And that's an amazing thing. That's a step in the right direction. But when we think about it globally, we think about it in context. Everything I say where I'm sharing a negative machshava about somebody else, that's the same level severity as eating treif. How many of us would say, from three to four every day, I'm not going to have any bacon. I'm not going to touch it. Three to four. So how did this happen? Where does it come from? Why is it so challenging for us? And most of us, we try to be careful, but it feels so good, it feels so right. And for this person especially, you deserve to understand how, how terrible they are. Says the Chafetz Chaim, The reason why I feel a necessity to put somebody else down to share something about them that will lower their prestige in your eyes is because I have gaiva. Now gaiva, although it's translated as arrogance, 
we know it's so much deeper than arrogance. Usually gaiva, we assume, comes from an insecurity. It comes from a lack of self-worth. I need to feel that I'm doing well, and the easiest way of getting that feeling is by putting as many other people down as possible. So says the Chafetz Chaim, I think of myself, right? I have it clear. My politics, I know what's going on. My, my analyzing this particular virus, and you have so many passionate views out there, I know exactly how, we, how seriously we should take it. My Judaism, I'm right in the middle. I have a balanced view. I'm not fanatical in any way. I'm not an extremist. I'm centrist. Where does this come from? Because we want to feel that we have it right. Lafikach malo libo, therefore I have this urgency, leganos as chavero, to put other people down so I could feel validated. So Chaim's telling us the shorish, the root, as to where this negativity is coming from my insecurities, my feelings of not being the person I could be, and the easiest way of solving that problem, which is to just destroy and knock down anything else in the world so I could feel that I'm the last man standing. That's why I'm sharing negativity with you. These are the things we have to work on at a time like this, and it sounds, it sounds like he's saying, the mida keneged mida. The advice of the Torahs of Rome, which you and I don't have the ability to actually utilize, but Rav Chaim Kanievsky does. Look at Midah Kenegh and Midah, the fact we're living Yeshev Botel. Yeshev Bodel Yeshev, where we're living alone. We're in isolation. One of the many levels of messages we should be taking from this, says Rav Chaim Kanievsky, is that we have to work on being Mavater, we have to work on somehow letting it go, not making a big deal out of it, bringing more love and more connection into our lives. Everything that I say, everything that we talk about as friends or family, we're either building or we're destroying. I could compliment you, and there's so many things that I admire, there's so many things that I respect, and I could share the way I feel about you, and I could build you as a person, or I could take you down so quickly. I could criticize you. I could find all the flaws in you. That's what it's about. Am I building or am I destroying? One of the greatest examples of being mavater, of being able to look past something that somebody did or said, goes back to the very first human being. Adam Harishon. And this is a question that is not asked often. After the hate of eating from the Eitz Hadas, the entire world is now drastically changed forever. Chava eats from the Eitz Hadas and she gives it to her husband and he eats as well. And the Klolas come into the world and mortality is now part of the human dynamic. And the entire universe has a drastic Yerida. It falls down from its angelic state prior to the Eitz Hadas. What was their marriage like afterwards? Picture the scene. Adam and Chava are there together after the total transformation of the world. Um, Chava, what's, what's for supper? Okay, we're having, a, we're having something vegetarian. 
They weren't allowed to eat meat at that point. So we're having some pasta and some vegetables. How was your day, Adam? Okay, Baruch Hashem. A little rough. How was your day? Okay, Baruch Hashem. We're all going to die now because of the mistake that I made. But uh, besides that, things are, things are okay. What does the very next Pasuk say? As soon as we have the whole description of the Yerida of the planet, the Torah tells us, Adam shem ishto chava, that Adam called his wife Chava, ki hi kol chai, because she was the mother of all life. She was the mother of all life. She was also the source of all death. She was the one who first brought mortality into the world. But we're going to call her Chava, says Adam, because really she's the aim, Kol Chai. She's the mother of all living beings. So Rashi says that actually is chronologically out of order, and that goes back to before the eating of the Etzadas. But others explain, and there's a beautiful piece here from Moshe Stern in the Bayez of Menucha, where he says, no, that took place right after the world changed forever. And this explains why the Gemara in Erevin says that Adam was a chassid gadol. He was a righteous man. Where do we see him being a chassid? Where do we see him doing amazing things? Explains with Moshe Stern right here. He was able to somehow let go of the fact and accept the reality that we made a mistake. And it could very well be, you, my wife, initiated this mistake. And this could destroy our marriage. This could change our dynamic forever. I could always hold on to the resentment and view you as the person who brought death into the world. But instead, the first thing Adam does is chava. I'm going to appreciate the fact that your aim kol chai, that you're the mother. And I'm able to accept the reality in which we live. That's an example, that's a classic example of being mevater, being able to look past something and move on. That says Rav Chaim Kanievsky, this is the call of the hour. <clears throat> I want to share with you a few lines from two different letters. We have a letter from Rabbi Yisrael Salanter in the uh, later part of the 1800s. This is during the cholera epidemic where there were thousands and thousands of people throughout Europe who were suffering from this. And he writes to a Talmud, he writes to a student of his, giving him chizik, giving him some guidance. How do you react? How should we be responding to the cholera epidemic? Sadrib Yisrael Salanter. Zekol Adam Lios Moshel Berucho. The defining element of a human being is that we have the capacity to be Moshe Barucho. We have control over ourselves. We have control over our emotions. The circumstance doesn't determine how I feel or who I am, but rather I have the capacity, I have the Bechira to create my mood and to have control over my hargoshos. Imla atzeb, if it's a time for mourning and it's a time for bitterness, then I could do that. I could follow the instructions of Avelis when needed. But says Rabbi Yisrael Salanter, you should also know that having control over your emotions means 
that we don't allow ourselves to be overly anxious, we don't allow ourselves to panic. It's about trying the best we can to conform our mind and our hearts to the instructions of the Torah. He says, we follow Chazal. If Chazal are telling us to have a Velus right now, to have some level of yogon, of, of despair, of loss, and that's what I feel. And if Chazal are telling us not to let it overcome me, then I have the ability and the strength not to let it overcome me. <clears throat> Israel says, Ke'es, that right now, that this plague is spreading throughout the world. Rahmana Litzlan Hashem should save us. Gambepo and here as well. But Zos But what I'm telling you now in this letter, this is the Torah Sa'adam. This is what we need to do. This is our mission, the call of the hour. is not to be at all paralyzed by the fear. Not to be at all crippled by anxiety. Not to do things that are not required by the seichel. Vigam lishmor and haga. Obviously we take the precautions. We listen to the medical experts. And we follow their guidelines. Asher lo'or divreim neilich gam alpihadas Where the Torah itself tells us halachically we have an obligation to follow the rofim. And we see as this plague of, of cholera is spreading and it's impacting so many people and so many families. That anyone who is a wise man, not a foolish man, and he's listening to the instructions and the guidelines of the rofim, of the medical experts, Lonira bo negu machla, that does make a difference. The Hishtadlus does pay off, not because the Hishtadlus itself, obviously. Akadosh Baruch is the Kol Yachol, Akadosh Baruch is controlling every step of this. But the Hishtadlus is the halachic requirement. And he says something that we could relate to, unfortunately, all too well that what the Torah world looks like right now during cholera is very different than what it usually looks like. It's very different than what it should look like. But Ein Larabas B'merius B'yamim HaKadoshim, he was talking, he was writing during the Aseus Shuva. He says, but don't let this bring you down. Take the message to heart. Take the Musr. Understand that it's a chesed of a Kadosh Baruch Hu. Try to listen to the Yisurim. Try to listen to the Nevoah that's coming through you. But don't let it bring you down. This is a time to serve Hashem with celebration. Paraphrasing the Pasuk in Nehemiah. To serve Hashem with joy. This is our strength. This is the source of our vitality. We take it seriously. We don't live a life of apathy. We don't ignore Yisurim. We listen to the Yisurim and we try to grow from the Yisurim. We don't daven Hashem should be mavatal Yisurim. We daven Hashem should help us be mekayim the Yisurim. But still, avodas Hashem is always bechedva. It's always with joy. 
Ki ein lidog veinlis onin al nefesh yakara. And even if chas v'sholem, he says, you or your family lose a loved one, don't let that overcome you. Don't let that destroy you. Ki niftera metzorosa evil. Then you have to change the perspective and realize they're in a different place. The neshama is connected with the Kaddish Baruch Hu. The pain that you feel is so incredibly natural and it's human, but don't let that take you away from Avodas Hashem B'Simcha. This is the advice he gave to a Talmud during one of the most horrific times in Jewish history. The basic theme is that Zehu Kola Adam, what defines a human being, what defines a successful human being, <laughs> is to be sholate, is to have control over our emotions, is to be able to follow the halacha. If it's a time of avelus, if it's a time of simcha, I could bend myself towards the call of the hour. The circumstance doesn't define me, but I could define who I want and who I need to be. We find a similar idea expressed. There are a few letters here, famous letters of Rabbi Kiva Eger, Ayin Aleph, Ayin Beis, Ayin Gimel, where he gives very similar guidelines, and many of them have many halachic uh, applications to the time that we're living in. We're not going to get into that now. But the hashkafa is very similar to Yisrael Salanter. This is decades earlier. He writes in the letter that although you have to be careful, and you should keep your homes clean, and you should wipe down the surfaces, and he gives different guidelines for how to have a minion. If you're going to get together, it can't be more than 15 people, he said, in his particular circumstance. But with all of this, with all of the hishtadlus, shelo lidog, do not worry. And make sure that we're not allowing the atzvos depression or the, the, the insanity of isolation to creep into our minds and to our hearts. And what you should do, he says, and I assume it's based on, on health reasons, but also psychological reasons, during the day when the sun is shining and it's not too cold, tov avir, go for a walk outside, breathe in the fresh air, Open the windows in the morning, allow the fresh air to come in, both for sanitary purposes, but also for keeping sane. The common thread between Rabbi Yisrael Salanter and Rabbi Kiva Eger decades before him is they're both assuming, they're both encouraging us to have shlita, to have control, to have a mastery over our emotions. In order to take the advice of Rav Chaim Kanievsky to heart and really try to put something into place to become more careful with the way we think about others and therefore the way we speak about others, to be more conscious of trying to let things go, not making a big deal over something, keeping in mind that it's better and I'm going to feel more simcha sachayim by letting it go, by being mavater, than by winning the battle. The only way we could do that is by having some level of shlita, some level of mastery over ourselves. <clears throat> I want to conclude with a piece from Abzadel Epstein. Abzadel Epstein, when he speaks about the Nagoyim, the plague of Tsaras, 
that Rav Chaim made the analogy to, he said most people think of tzaras as only a midas hadin, as only an expression of judgment from a Kaddish Baruch Hu. You spoke Lashon Hara, you created divisiveness, and therefore I'm going to separate you from the cloud. But right from Zedel Epstein, if you look at the Rishonim, if you look at the Svorno and the Ramban, the way they understand this supernatural element of uh, Tzeras is that it's really a Kriya Minashamayim. It's Hashem calling to us from heaven. It's Hashem showing us, demonstrating to us that there's something we have to be Misake, and there's something we have to fix. Things are not 100% where they should be. But the goal of the Tzeras was not to get you, was not to slap you for doing the wrong thing. It was to awaken us, to somehow take us out of our daily existence, take us out of the intoxication of habit, shake our world. And it is so incredibly shaken from the health concerns, from the economical concerns. The point was to shake us up in order for us to change, in order for us to discover deeper aspects of ourselves. But explains of Zedel Epstein, we see from the Svorno and we see from the Ramban. This is not limited to negative Tzeras, this is not only by the supernatural affliction of Tzeras, but it's true for every, every kind of Yisurim that we face. I'll call Indian shall Yisurim, kameyesh behem chaste Hashem Yisborach, we don't look at this as only din. The Torah of Ram said, it's emes. It's not chesed. It's din, it's not rachamim. But the goal, the source of the din, the source of the truth, is because of Kaddish Baruch who loves us more than we could ever fathom. And that's what we perceive, that's what we're looking for. We feel that love in the Yisurim. But we have to listen to the message, we have to have that nevuah from the Yisurim themselves. <clears throat> We don't daven a Kaddish Baruch Hu should be mevatel. We daven Hashem should help us be mekayim. The kiyum is to try as much as we possibly can to take drastic measures. These are definitely drastic times we're living in. And we need to take drastic measures. With zahirus, with the way we think and we speak about others, and the way we react and the way we relate to others. By creating more of a shalom and by building people and by building bridges and by building connections with the family between a spouse and the, and the children and the mothers and fathers, this is the kiyum of the Yisurim. We should be zolcha with siyata dishmaya to be able to take drastic steps towards the right direction together as Klal Yisrael to hopefully come out of this insanity, come out of this time of craziness very soon, to keep those people safe, to bring a refuah shalema to all of those who are in need, and there are many in need. HaKadosh Baruch please, bring a refuah shalema, allow us to be misora, to be awakened through this, to come closer to you, to fulfill the Yisurim. We should greet together, Mashiach, Tzidkenu, Bimheru, Amen.